so I you texted me the other day about the episode we're about to do and about how it seems like we've kind of been on a tear lately in terms of uh, the episodes we're doing. Yeah, I feel like we've just sort of been unfair. Like, I feel kind of bad how we've been very critical for several episodes in a row. Yeah. I don't feel like that's about to stop anytime soon. I thought we should kind of maybe start this episode without the disclaimer uh, being, uh, hey, just for everyone who's listening, we do like Star Trek. Uh, that's why we're doing the podcast. We're not doing it because we don't yeah. like it. Uh, we've kind of uh, hit on a rough patch of episodes for us personally. You know, your mileage may marry, I guess, when it comes to DS9 and Enterprise episodes. But for us, it's been a little bit rough. But uh, we got one more, and then I know the one we're doing next time, that one we're going to have a lot more uh, fun things to say. And you know what? I was editing the first... We're going to have some fun with this episode, I think. Yeah. I was, <laughs> to say, to I, I was editing one of the ones we did. Uh, you know, I believe I was editing um, Tears of the Prophets the other day, and I thought that was still pretty fun, even though we didn't really enjoy the episode very much. So. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two people who've seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. And I'm Brady Jungle. And today we are dipping back into the well of Star Trek Enterprise for our second episode on that show. It's uh, season one, episode 25, called Two Days and Two Nights. Um, now we, we mentioned this a little bit before we started recording, but Brady, you uh, I think we both are in agreement this is the worst uh this is the worst episode we've watched so far for the show, right? I I would think it has to be, yeah. So the the one, I think the one sort of contention there could be is that there were the couple episodes of DS9 where we just didn't even understand what was going on, so I don't know if we were really able to say if those were good or not, since they were just completely incomprehensible to us. Right, right. Um, but other than that, I think... Yeah, I understood pretty much everything that was going on in this episode. I just didn't like it. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, except for the... uh, I may be jumping way too far ahead. The whole Archer, like, presumably that was a plot twist at the end with Archer and his lady friend that I had no idea what they were talking about, but it seemed important. Yeah, like I definitely was like, oh, this this must be something that we they talked about in the show. But I I got the idea though. Like it doesn't necessarily really have to be. It just could be, you know, she's just an alien. You know, it's or she's just a, an alien in disguise, basically. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, let's let's get into it. So the 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 memory alpha description of this. Uh, showed that we, and, and again, in case I, it's been a while since I've said it, is we watch all of these uh, episodes in random order by putting uh, numbers corresponding to all the sh- episodes um, from any Star Trek series into a random number generator. So um, uh, we got this episode this time, and the, the description on Memory Alpha is, The crew takes shore leave on the famous pleasure planet of Risa. For many, it is anything but a vacation. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, all of the all of the... The storylines are pretty much linked through that idea, so uh, that is that is a pretty accurate description, certainly of the. Yeah, and then it's just sort of these four plots that don't then interact in any way until the very end of the episode. So I will say one of the plots, actually not even that. I will say two of the plots of this episode I didn't hate. 
Yes, I was gonna. I was gonna say the same thing. One, one, I like, and maybe it was just by comparison, but one, I, I actually enjoyed the now, the, is doctor the doctor one or the, or the I enjoyed the doctor. Okay, because I think that's probably my favorite one as well. The, I enjoyed that. I thought he turned in a really good performance. Like, would definitely give a nod to him. The Sato one. I guess what you're saying, name right? Is Sato? Uh, that yeah. one was okay. Yeah, that I, I that's also I, that was fine, I guess. Yeah, like that would have been like a fine like B or C plot in like another yeah. series of Star Trek. Because it's it's based, I think, on an interesting premise that like she's this person that's really talented with languages, and then she kind of meets this one guy that has a language that she that she just can't get the hang of in forty eight hours, which in itself is that kind of whole idea is ridiculous that yeah that you can just like point at enough things and ask what this is and then completely grasp a foreign language which is what he's able to do cuz he yeah. can by like the second time we see him he can speak almost perfect english except that he doesn't know what the word is for strawberry i will say though that i don't think that the show really put as much thought into that as you did i think the show <laughs> The show basically, I mean, so basically, again, the plot of the episode is that at the beginning of it, they have shore leave on the ship. They are going to go to Risa, which is a planet we've seen before at least once, if not more than once, um, on other Star Trek uh, series. And it's like this kind of famous like vacation resort. Uh, and they don't explicitly say it on this episode, but it's it's like very famous as like a sex planet. Like it's just a planet where people are really down to have sex kind of Yeah, whenever. I mean, that was also... I think 20 minutes into the episode, I was convinced that that was just the only story there was, was just the story of how everybody got laid. Yeah. And um, so they all go down there, and I think, and they they all want, so there are three different groups of people who kind of go down, and then there's also a group of people who stay on the ship. And they all have, like, an objective, that this is what I want to do for these two days and two nights that I have free time for. And... I think all the writers were just basically like, well, you know what? They all just don't get to do what they want to do. And we're not really going to like explore that in any kind of interesting way or parallel way or like read anything else into it. It's just kind of like they all don't they all want to do one thing and they all don't get to do it. And which is I, I will say something that was kind of interesting about this episode is that it kind of like th- threw itself into relief against so many other kind of like comparable either episodes or elements of other Star Trek series, virtually all of them unfavorable. Yeah, because it, well, so it immediately kind of invokes the comparison to the other Next Generation episode that's on, it is the same planet, right? It's also Risa. Yeah, you're talking about the episode where... Where Picard goes on vacation, he's just like, I just want to have a nice, quiet time where I sit and read. And that episode rules, by the way. <laughs> that, that's a great Yeah, episode. which is, a, and, and that's the, I think... One of the unfortunate things they do with this episode is they force you to compare it to that one, where he mm-hmm. gets caught up in this like fun heist, Indiana Jones style yeah. thing. Yeah, I'm I'm looking to see if it's in any other episodes besides this one and that one. Um, I think I think Memory Alpha said there was one other one, but it wasn't one I was familiar with. It was from like Deep Space Nine or something like that. It says, there, it says there's two episodes. Oh, that's right, because it's it's very briefly at the beginning of 
the game, uh, the famous the game episode of TNG, because uh-huh. that's where the game comes from. Is like somebody who had it on Risa, uh-huh. and she's having sex. She's having sex that. with um, with Riker at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, and then he's. It's in one episode of DS Nine, and then it, it's also apparently in one other episode of Enterprise as well. Um, but yeah, you're right though. It, it definitely it that's it first it first brings to to mind that uh, that captain's holiday yeah and so you know i was thinking about that and like how that kind of does a a similar sort of uh subversion of expectations thing but like in a much more interesting and kind of more substantive way i was also thinking about like the the two characters on this episode who just go down to rice because they want to have sex and how much more whole storyline was just the worst (laughs) Yeah, it's just awful in so many ways. But I was thinking about like how much better stuff like that is even handled on like say, uh, next generation. You know, that you know that the, they kind of have a, not really that dissimilar of an attitude to Riker, and where Riker is you know always up for on, up on every sex. planet. Yeah, on sure. every planet with any kind of race of alien, and yet his character is so much less creepy when that's happening and i think that's due partially to the writing and also because jonathan franks is a lot is is doing a better job in his episodes than these two actors no offense to these you know maybe they're great in other episodes or even in other episodes of enterprise that we've seen but in this episode they just are super creepy you know and there's just a lot of stuff like that i I think too like kind of realizing when i was when i was watching this episode that it seems like every star trek series tries to have at some point in it a character that's like an analog of bones because i think that trip is kind of like supposed to be the bones of this ship and how there's never like you, you can't do better than like the original bones like there's just, just kind of this... the, like folksy like straight talking yeah type of guy yeah because i was like oh he's the bones in the same way that in uh, TNG, the I can't remember her name right now, but the Doctor in season two is definitely oh, like yeah. clearly supposed to be the bones in, the, right. in that in that show, you know. And she doesn't really work very well either. And yeah, it just it just was I, I was just kept on thinking about like other better Star Trek things than the thing that I was watching. Yeah. So we we should probably like kick off like you know what this how this episode is is breaking down. Yeah, I was thinking should we kind of go through each plot individually yeah because they're, so. they're sort of interspersed so. throughout the episode but they're really four separate and again essentially independent plots that and, and then they all end with the four of them all flying back to the ship together and kind of no one really wants to talk about what happened because they're all embarrassed of it right uh yeah i think we can kind of go one by one so let's let's do archer's last i think because that's probably has the most sure. like kind of bigger lore stuff attached to it um, Do you want to start with the one we liked, just because? Sure. Okay. To try to inject so, well, some positivity. As if we do that, let's let's kind of back up a little bit and say that yeah, the the cold open is basically a bunch of people are going on this vacation. Well, not even a bunch of people. There's four people who are going on shore leave down to Risa for a few days, and they all kind of want to do different things. And we'll get to what they want to do in a minute. But then the, there's one other person who's going on a shore leave of a sort, which is. The doctor character, who what is his? Do you remember his name? Uh, Flax. Doctor Flax. Okay, and he is one of the few uh, aliens who is on, um, who is on the Enterprise, the Enterprise NX One. He is a Donublian or no, a Deno, 
a Denabulan. Uh, I'm not sure to say this word. A Denabulan, uh, according to Memory Alpha. His shore leave, though, is that he gets to inject himself with some kind of sedative, and he just gets to sleep for two days. Um, and I did write down, what does it say about me that this sounds like the best of the things that they want to do? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, they, this, this sounds... I, like at this stage in my life, like sleeping for two days and just waking up and feeling totally rejuvenated, that sounds amazing. And so that's when his, what he wanted to do work, did not work out. I felt the most bad for him. Uh, even though like one of the other people, like they get robbed and, and stripped of their clothing. I was still like, oh man, he was really looking forward to that like two day nap. Sleep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is, what I think, the one that we both enjoyed uh, because this actually has some attempted and somewhat successfully executed comedy in it. Yeah, he just does a very entertaining individual performance when he he has to be woken up because there is a medical emergency. Right, because he said, he said that... Um, there's like a nurse basically on the ship who says, you know, she should be able to handle most of this stuff. Please don't wake me unless it's an emergency. We really, I really don't want to uh, be disturbed. And and so, yeah, he, but then they do have to, as you were saying, they do have to end up waking him up. Which, and this is the, this side of me, because apparently she can't deal with somebody having an allergic reaction. Like this is, this is not a, like, it's not like he has some like rare futuristic, you know, alien flu or something like he's just he's having an allergy and he needs an EpiPen is essentially how it comes across right well that's and and that's actually that's actually something too that we didn't really talk about is that there is another person who goes down on shore leave who we don't really follow yeah I completely forgot he was he was with them until <laughs> this part happened yeah but then like, he, oh yeah, he, he ends up having he, his vacation is also ruined because he gets into an accident while he's rock climbing I believe and yeah. he, they give him pain medication that he uh, has an allergic reaction to because it's basically it's like an alien pain medication, and so then that's why they have to wake up the doctor. I mean, I I kind of buy that. It's like it's not the same thing as if he had like he has an allergic reaction to something that presumably they might not even have in like their database. You know, it's not. Yeah, I could see like a allergic reaction to like a an alien entity being a more serious thing than having an allergic reaction to something that. That's he fair. Would have cataloged, I guess, but yeah, but yeah, but so he has to he has to wake up, and basically, he um, he can't really wake all the way up, and so there's like some he kind of does some bits where he's like talking in his sleep, and and he uh, you know is just not really sounding like he really is making any sense, and he keeps on thinking that people are not the people who who they're supposed to be, and he like I think at one point he forgets that he's the doctor. Yeah, he's like, oh well, someone should call a doctor, and then he just right. kind of like sits silently and then they and then they i believe they actually he's he's doing so badly that uh t-pole the vulcan who's on the ship um she says oh we should actually make him go back to bed and we should just keep on trying and and he basically says no 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 i'm you know i need to do it and so then he does it and he he treats him and he's fine and then he just goes to sleep like face down on like a medical bed and it's it's very broad but like it you know the, the actor, whose name is John Billingsley, he does a, a you know, it, it's not like, it's, it's not like a, a really nuanced performance, but that's not what's required of him. Like, he does a fun, yeah, a fun job being, admirable. yeah, being like goofy and, and loud, you know. 
Um, this is, I would say, probably the least amount of time that any of these plots gets, though. Also, I would say that it's such a weird... The show, the juxtaposition in the show is so crazy, too, because, again, I, I didn't dislike this at all, but just considering what it's being like put up against, it's just such a weird tonal whiplash. In the same way that the last time we did an episode about this show, it was an episode where they were all about to die, plus someone was trying to figure out what someone's favorite food was. Like, that's just what the show seems like to me. It's just this just tonal whiplash. Mm-hmm. So that's his plot. Now, why don't you do the uh, Ensign Sato uh, one? Okay. That might be the, the one I have the least to say about. But so... Yeah. So the, the Ensign Sato, who is... I, I did not look up and don't know what her job on the ship is. But I, it has something to do with her... Like, she's just a very much a natural at learning languages. Is sort of how she's presented. That she's the communications officer on the ship, by the way. Okay, that, she's like that the her, I then. think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they that she's very good at kind of picking up other languages and learning them, and so she decides that she's going to, as like a sort of a fun experience for herself, she's going to go down to this planet without bringing her universal translator with her and just have to learn everybody's language like learn a a brand new language on her own without Mm -hmm. without having it just translated for her and so she goes down and she initially talks to some natives of risa in their language and they're very impressed at how good she is at it and then as part of that she oh can i interrupt for just one second yeah uh she talks to some natives of risa who have the laziest alien designation I think that I've seen like like the, the laziest like piece of makeup designating them as as aliens that I think I've seen in the Star Trek episode which is just they appear to have like a temporary tattoo on their foreheads and that's the only yeah yeah there's just kind of a, a, a little smudge of something in there yeah sorry go on well then the because the the lady in the archer plot had just like some dots on her shoulder or something, right? I forget what. She had also just, like, some, like, odd coloring, but otherwise just looked like a human. Right. I thought she was a human for most of the episode, and then I realized, oh, she has... <laughs> because I she think... had an actual dog? Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, get, to, we'll get to that, but... Yeah. The... Well, this is, a, I think, and it <laughs> sort of is going to come up in the Sato part, too, because this is a big problem I had with this episode, is that it's not science fiction in any way. Because part of the my understanding of the premise of Enterprise is that they're sort of going farther than humans have ever gone exploring before. So they're going to places that have not been exposed to humans before, I think. Yeah. But in this one, all of the things they encounter are just things that, like, exist on Earth. Like, they they just forget that this is supposed to be an alien planet in any way. Like the the lady has that's just a dog. This is a dog, and there's also a scene. This 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 drove me crazy. There's a scene also in the in the Archer stuff where she says you should go on this boat because they make really good seafood. And, and, I, and I was like, that's not really analogous. Like 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 alien seafood could be anything. And I think he even right. later on says that he did it. And it was like the best. He says, it, "Yeah, he says the seafood is the best I've ever had." And I was thinking to myself, "How are you comparing this? Like, it's right. not like seafood is the same on every planet. Like, if you could have had some crazy thing. How could you yeah. compare that to like a lobster? Like, like it's not. Right. That yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and then so there's that. That just she she's just seems to be a human 
with the dog. And then there was also, there's one scene, I think it was in the, the Trip and Malcolm, where they go down to the basement, and there's just a light bulb on the wall. It's just like the kind of light bulb that you would see in a dingy basement set. It's got like the sort of, it's like hanging, like, like the kind of wires around it, but it's just an incandescent light bulb. Like either like Thomas Edison invented trans-dimensional travel or they just concurrently developed the same technology for light bulbs that we have. Well, it's like that one episode of, um, of TNG where at the end they're following this puzzle and at the end they get this ancient hologram where this alien woman says we made all of the existing alien races which is why they're all like humanoids basically and it's like they were looked at that and then they kind of turned it up before she said and also light bulbs all light bulbs <laughs> right, look the that's same right. that's, that's <laughs> where those came from so so yeah but, and then and then in the Sato scene so she I'll get to that part, I guess. But she meets a, she meets a, an alien from another planet. He looked his forehead stuff looked familiar, and, and if you're if you're a regular viewer of Star Trek, that just you know, that that, <laughs> that just means that that's how most aliens are different than humans. Is they have stuff on their foreheads. Right. I looked at it. I I was trying to figure that out when I was watching the episode. I didn't bother to look it up afterwards. But I his forehead bumps. I I, I thought to myself. I think I feel like I've seen that. Before you, you keep talking. I'm really, because because my reaction to him was that I I thought that the actor seemed familiar to me for some reason, and I think I did look him up, and he wasn't. He's been like a you know a random background crewman or something in a few other episodes, but nothing that I would have recognized him from. But but anyway, so she meets this guy and starts talking to him because he also has an interest in languages, and decides that she wants to learn his language and. It turns out his that it's too difficult for her. It's kind of this too complex of a language. But he's able to learn English, presumably English, really easily and just picks it up again in less than right. two days and two nights at least. Well, it seemed like he already knew a little bit of it though, or maybe not. Maybe not because uh, he talks to he talks to her in Rison first, not in English. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. Yeah, and she gets kind of like frustrated by that, and then also they have sex. Yes, um, and that's basically that's kind it. of that story. But that one had a similar thing where there's a there's one part where they're kind of trying to learn each other's languages and they're sitting at a table and eating, and she's eating some fruit and he points at one of those and is like, you know, what would you call that? And she's like, well, this is very similar to something we have on my world that's called a strawberry, and then she holds it up and it's just a strawberry. Like yeah. that's just an actual strawberry, and then there's like a kiwi too. That's just like that's that's a kiwi. That's not like a fruit similar to a strawberry and a kiwi. Like they they just had actual strawberry and kiwi. Yeah, <laughs> at least like color it blue or something. You know. Yeah. We do a little bit of effort. Yeah, for some reason that annoyed me multiple times through this episode of just like you. This isn't. You're not doing anything like kind of foreign or alien in any way, which is. I have looked through this memory alpha thing, and I cannot figure out who that if that guy's from like a known planet. I I will say that 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 was one of the few interesting concepts in the um, in the episode was that because I just love like hearing how like different languages work uh, in real life and on Star Trek, and I really liked when she asked him what his name was. I think, and then he said his name, and then. She said, "Could you say that slower?" He said, "That I could, but that would it would mean something else." And I was like, "Oh, that's neat. I like that." Because I I agree, those are very interesting things with language when things that 
don't affect the meaning in our language are actually important things, you know, because there's languages where sort of the pitch or the volume of sounds is a different, you know, it's a different sound not based on what we consider the like pronunciation of the sound, but the, the pitch of it or the tone of it. Yeah. whether it's going up or down. And that's cool that the pace or the tempo, I guess, of, of a language could affect its meaning. Yep. But that's not really what that plot is about, it seems, at least to the writers. It just, um, yeah, basically the plot just seems like it's, well, she wanted to not have sex. <laughs> right. And, and then and she did. Like she did. So she didn't even get what she wanted, but she did kind of. Like, it seems like they it almost seemed like the writers liked her more than... Um, yeah, they were very mean to everybody else, and they were just like, "Oh, we'll let her get to have sex." Yeah, I, she's a um, she's I think one of the more charismatic people on the show. I would say too, and uh, that's played. She's played by Linda Park. Um, I I like her. All right, I, we should say too. This was written by Chris Black with a story by Rick Berman and Brandon Braga, who are two you know big wigs of that Star Trek era. Directed by Michael Dorn. So oh, I apologize. I apologize, Michael, that we're ripping on this episode because I we like you a lot. I, I mean, I do anyway. I think you like you like oh, Michael yeah. Dorn too. Again, is it? And I think we've sort of touched on this before. As somebody who has a good character and does a good job with it, and frequently has very bad things written for him. Yeah, I don't think this episode is Michael Dorn's fault. Like, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, shout out, I guess, to Michael Dorn. Yeah, and that's. I don't. I didn't really have much to say about her story other than that. Yeah, I'm just checking to see it. I think I, I I thought that was like a funny. The thing that I think is kind of funny about that is that I feel like that guy, the alien, is definitely hitting on her right away, and so he very quickly says, "Well, maybe you could learn my language." Which I thought was like a very funny, yeah, uh, pickup line. I don't think it was really intended to be funny, but I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> um, I don't really have a lot else. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. It was a little bit of a kind of either misuse of a interesting premise. Where they, they had this this thing that you could kind of explore with, you know, that she has this talent for languages but can't understand his, or kind of the things with his language. You know, there have definitely been episodes of Star Trek that have been all about language and understanding each other before. And they took th- that interesting premise and then didn't really do anything with it. And, you know, kind of the the only, what they were trying to get to was just, and then she gets to have sex at the end. Yeah. No, I actually changed my mind. Let's let's do the Archer thing next because I think okay. we're kind of right now we're doing it in order of like best to worst. Um, we, so we, sure. Let's, let's stick with it. I think we we're in agreement that this is best to worst, right? Uh, yes. This, okay. We very much are. Oh man. So, uh, so Captain Archer, um, in a very like kind of similar to Picard uh, mode, he does not want to go on vacation. Uh, he it's partially I think it's partially just that he doesn't really it doesn't really he really digs vacations, but also. Um, he feels like he is being irresponsible by letting people, by like him going on vacation while other people are not. And we, we kind of find at the beginning that uh, that Paul tells mentions that it was just a matter of like drawing lots, basically. So it was just kind of happenstance that he happened to get assigned for for short leave. Yes. But um, along with all of the other credited characters on the right, ship, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, so he just wants to. What does he actually want to do, even? He just wants to kind of, like... He he wants to just sit in his room, I think. But he has a book that he wants to read, I think, early on. No, they, no I think she gives him a book to read. Like, like I, I believe T-Paul says, oh, you should read this book, and gives it to him as he's leaving, I believe. Um, oh, okay. I think he just wanted to, like, fish or... 
or like hang out basically yeah i don't know if it's even clear what he wants he wants to not be there i guess yeah this is like one of those things where it, it really did feel like it was not a science fiction show because Everything he does and wants to do just seems like he's. I, I wrote down like this seems like he's just in Cancun. Like when he, yeah. when she does say the thing about like, oh, get the seafood. I was, I was like, just this is, this is like there. There are parts of it because I could, again I didn't notice the alien markings on on the woman he's with are so faint that I did not realize that she was a an alien until much later in the episode. That I there were there are multiple scenes of his part of the show where it you could walk in on it and not realize it was a show set in space like tr- truly like i know you you said like it's not a science fiction show but it really isn't it's not even like it's it's like a romantic comedy but then someone has green skin it's like it just really could you could mistake it for yeah just something, something that was in set in hawaii or yeah because yeah. like he just he stays at like a bungalow or, or a villa or something and it just everything looks very normal and then he kind of sees this woman who looks very normal and she is a, an earth dog which is super confusing because again i thought she was human for a long time and then later on she's like so where are you what's your planet and i said and i thought that oh i guess she's an alien where'd you get that dog from <laughs> right so he just kind of wants to go down and just kind of relax, kind of in vague terms. And right. then he meets this woman, and they kind of meet because they both have dogs, and um, her her dog kind of barks at his dog. And then there's a scene later where somehow uh, her dog has ended up in his apartment, which you find out later is probably because she put it there because she's trying to come, come up with ways to like be with him. There's this very strange, like strangely shot scene where the two dogs are growling at each other and standing perfectly still in a way that dogs do not generally <laughs> do. And you, at first you think it's going to be kind of one of those things that happens on um, TNG from time to time when Picard has like a brief love affair with like kind of a, a strong, quiet, sensitive, but like has seen some things, uh, middle-aged woman, and uh, but then it turns out, as you kind of, as I, as I suspected, you know, relatively early on, um, and it turns out to be the case that she's not really who she says she is. She is, uh, she is an agent of a some kind of team of aliens or race of aliens that is at war with another race of aliens that it seems like is something that ha- is has been going on on the show that we are not aware of. And she yeah, this seems to be very them. kind of. Like, this is supposed to be a meaningful thing, and very much that Archer, at least, has some history with these two groups that are fighting. But it just all ceases to make sense to someone who, if you, like us, are watching a random episode of Enterprise without seeing the rest of it. And this is, I mean, to be fair to the show, this is this is a consequence of the way we're watching the show, which is not the right. way most people watch Yeah, presumably anything. this is, like, furthers sort of a larger overarching story arc so this this is not that 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 not itself is not a criticism of the episode i don't think um right she's a tindaran and she is said she she lies to him and says that her family was killed by the sulaban um who i looked up uh i think when i was watching this episode and they have very weird looking kind of cool looking faces like they're they're like a, a different a much different looking uh alien than the most of the aliens on the show. I will say also I when I looked up the Sulaban, it says that they are foot soldiers in the temporal cold war, which sounds 
way cooler than anything we've seen on any of these episodes. <laughs> that of, does sound of like a potentially very cool. The temporal Cold War, like that's that sounds awesome. So like I will say, if I get to watch more episodes of Enterprise that are about the temporal Cold War, I'm quite interested in that. So <laughs> we'll see if we, you know, when we when we bump into some of those. But um, yeah. anyway, though they have some kind of, I think. It, it sounds like some of the Sulevan anyway are working on the side of evil and hurt some of the Tendarans, but that doesn't sound like the Tendarans are super duper on the level either. And Yeah, so Archer references some other like corporal or colonel or somebody that he had run into before that asked him a bunch of the same questions she's asking him. Mm-hmm. That it doesn't sound like he had a good experience with this other Yeah. Guy. And that kind of makes the two of them really it sort of develops this... It becomes a very tense situation. And he wants to arrest her, right? I think so, or something. Or he, like, confronts her about... Like, he finds out that she is... That she isn't who she's claiming to be. Because of the way that she was asking him about the Suleban. I think is how it goes down. And then she she knocks him out and disappears. Yep. And then that's the end of that. <laughs> yep, and then... Yeah, and that... And then again, they, the next time we see him, he's going back to the ship. Yep. And he, I think when he comes back to the ship, the, the, the other people on shore leave ask him how his how his trip was. And he, I think he says that, what does he say? He says basically that he he went out, he went out like a light. And, you know, so he got plenty of rest. So, uh, <sighs> yep. But then he doesn't really mention anything about it, which I presumably he must tell T. Paul later on when he gets when he gets back to the ship. But he doesn't want to embarrass himself in front of some of the other crew members. But yeah, so this this plotline, I would say again, like the actual kind of story, because we don't the two of us don't appreciate what's going on. It's tough to say much about. Mm-hmm. There's not really a lot of like again, it's it, it's something that we've seen before on. Star Trek and especially the next generation where it's like he meets this interesting woman and she's not what she seems and and that I I would say the the biggest problem I had with with this storyline is it was something it was really a problem I had so many times throughout the whole episode is that we like you know I I forget where I've heard people talk about this before but that like that you're there's really no better use of a visual medium like television than having two people sitting and describing things that the audience doesn't get to see. Yeah. That is either happening like right off screen or happened while we were... Because this one, they, they talk about like this cool restaurant that's like floating in the water and you just kind of swim up to it and they give you fish off of the deck. Yeah, where they give you quote-unquote seafood. Yeah, and they call it seafood. They look through a telescope and like is apparently this some incredibly impressive telescope that can see Earth all the way from where they are. But we don't see like the view through the telescope, it's just kind of them looking at it. There's this the like rock climbing sounds very because they describe this rock climbing cliff that like it moves while you're trying to climb it. Yeah, yeah. And, like that sounds really cool. And he like you know, that's the only action that happens is he falls off of this cliff. Um, there's another, like, especially, but especially Archer and Kela is her name, or Kayla. I forget. Yeah, I think it's Kayla. Yeah. Um, they keep sort of talking about all these interesting things that they did together, but we never see them anywhere else but in his, like, Magnum P.I.'s house. Mm-hmm. But just sort of talking about these things they did. Like, there was... There's a, a sea turtle that they stepped on, apparently. They, like, take all these interesting walks on the beach and go to all these interesting places. There's there's even a scene in the with Trip and 
um, Malcolm where they're like hanging around in their leisure suits where it's we're just seeing like close-ups of the two of them and they're talking about all these other they're like uh, talking about all like Uh, gauging the attractiveness of all these other people they see and we never see any of the other people it's just the two of them like describing these people that are right off camera (laughs) and it's just for some reason it really annoyed me as a, a choice of like storytelling to just be describing things that are potentially more interesting than what we're actually seeing yeah, I, I think with the trip that that scene that you're talking about with with Trip and Malcolm, that is, I think that was supposed to be a bit kind of like like I feel like they were definitely trying to play that for comedy at least like a little bit, but the the actions of those two characters is so kind of gross and skeevy it's, that it doesn't really yeah, land. It's but so bad. I did kind of feel like there was a little bit of like kind of an attempt at humor there where they're like, oh, there's all these crazy looking aliens that you just. You just have to right. imagine what they look like, you know? <laughs> yeah, there was a point, like, halfway through, and it was during that storyline that I, I wrote in my notes, because I think it was after I, like, wrote, like, got really annoyed by seeing the, the light bulb when they get taken down to the basement. Yeah. Um, that I, I, like, wondered to myself, like, am I being, like, unfairly critical and not really giving this episode the chance it deserves? And then another like two seconds in that storyline passed and i was like no no i am not being unfairly critical like that that yeah. one in particular is just so so awful yeah let's get into it why don't you go for yeah. it uh on those two <laughs> i will try i'll try to do it justice but but so so essentially the these two guys that we had also seen i guess must be friends or work together because because they had been sort of working closely together in the other episode we watched and it's Trip is the he's the engineer. Yeah, I guess? he's the engineer, and then Malcolm is the munitions manager. Yeah, the yeah, which is the thing. Well, why not? I mean, I don't know. And so they go down to, and they state from the very beginning that like the only thing they want out of this vacation is to have sex with as many like attractive and exotic aliens as they can. Yeah. Um, and so they go to a bar to pick up chicks dressed in like apparently leisure wear just hasn't changed in yeah in the next in the next 500 years I wrote, no. yeah i wrote that down when they were all on the ship together because archer and uh, sato are basically wearing just regular clothes also yeah and they're wearing these like again what would right now be considered like kind of tacky leisure suit type like it's like a he has like a so i, I, I took notes on this that so Malcolm has a like a knit Y-neck T-shirt with a like a gray sort of blazer and some like dress pants, and then Trip has this like patterned purple button-up shirt, and then is wearing like an off-white suit over it. Mm. Like they're just very, it's like very just kind of like like they look like the sort of people that if you saw them standing together in a bar talking to each other, you'd probably imagine that they're doing exactly what they're, they are doing. Yeah, they're a couple of uh, wild and crazy guys. They, they really are. <laughs> but yeah, they're just like standing there, and so it starts with the two of them standing there like with drinks, and they're just kind of grading the attractiveness of all these people that they're seeing off camera. This whole storyline is so gross and not funny. Yeah. yeah. And then these two like pretty ladies come up to him and start flirting with them and then mm. and then they're like well why don't we take you down to the subterranean gardens which another note can it can you still call them subterranean if it's not earth like wouldn't that be the wrong sub word? sub 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 anyways of all the things in this episode that's that's comparatively a minor thing 
And they're like, oh, well, okay then. And then they go through a door and down some stairs into what's clearly just like a, a cellar. A basement with a light bulb in it, yeah. Yeah, basement with light bulb. Like, this is basement with light bulb set number three from the soundstage over. And and then the two aliens, like, turn out to be just shapeshifters that were just trying to, to rob them and take all their stuff. And, and instead of hot alien women, they're, right. they're and, and ugly the, 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 alien these, men. These, yeah, and sort of the impression you get is that Malcolm and Trip are less disappointed that they're being robbed of everything they have and more disappointed that these were men the whole time. Right. The the Oh my gosh. Keep in mind this was like what year was this episode? This was 2002. Yeah. This is this is like it's this is this is the the the, the latest episode of Star Trek we've watched so far. Like I, I believe, right? This is I could be wrong. Like, it, it, uh, I I forget when the other Enterprise episode was if it's for no, It was it was before it's this. It was before was this. It? Okay. So, then yeah, I, but I think it has to be because I think. Well, Voyager was Voyager running concurrently with the show. I don't. That's a good question. So it's it's possible we could have maybe watched a Voyager episode. Yeah, because we watched one that was like right at the end of Voyager. Yeah, but other than that, this is the latest one we've watched, and I would say this. No, Voyager finished in two thousand one. So, okay. Yeah. This this storyline is maybe the most like regressive, like sexist homophobic like thing maybe that i've seen in any episode of star trek i'm probably i'm sure i'm probably forgetting something from the original series that was that was one of those things but but even that it's like th- th- by this time they should know better like you know it, i was just reading a little bit about major barrett the other day in my free time because in my free time i also read about star trek and you know, I forgot about this, but in the original pilot of of that show, uh, she plays the first officer. Right, and at the time there was like a that, yeah, and, and that was I think kind of always one of the things with Star Trek is it always tried to be sort of even more progressive and inclusive than the time. Um, you know, because and that because that was a big thing that they had. You know, the crew of the ship was these people from all these different countries, which in you know at the time was was very like cool and inclusive that. It was like there was a Russian and there was a, a George Takai and there was you know Scotty, just kind of all these people from from different like places in the world that all oh, were like, yeah. coming together and it's like we're all human together, and the next generation now you had people from you know other planets you know you had a Klingon who were used to be their enemies and it was I think Star Trek has always strived to sort of show humanity at like what could we achieve in terms of like just being good and progressive and and yeah and then there's this yeah and there's this where it's just their whole thing is like well we want to bone down and yeah not with a dude there's like but she was a guy the whole time yeah. type of type of thing i the the scene i i wrote this is so this is so out of place that scene where they're just because that scene where they where you're talking to them where they're talking about all these different people with like three eyes or whatever, and it's it's just them objectifying women, like in a and in like not. And it's not like I I'm not saying oh you, you can't find a woman attractive or anything like that, but it's just like that's not what they're doing. They're just being like oh hey she's pretty hot like yeah and that no no you know or like you know, well and that which, one that scene I think also has a similar thing like isn't there one where they're like. 
one of them says, like, she's pretty hot, and the other guy's like, well, you might want to look a little closer. I think that's actually a guy. And the other one's like, oh, gross. Yeah, then later on, they, they, someone gives them a drink, and then they look, they, they watch her. And I think they, you can see them, their eyes, like, kind of pan down to her butt, I think, even. And then one of them says, that's a she. It's <laughs> like, this is gross. And again, like, homophobic, like, yeah, it just, it's... It was just, it was just, and, and not funny. Like, it just, it's not, it's just really bad. Um, and, yeah, then, yeah, you're right. I think when they get robbed, it seems like they're more upset that they were, they almost kissed dudes. Also, I will say the acting on, um, when when the two guys shapeshift, when they shapeshift from these attractive women into these kind of weird-looking alien guys, uh, what's the actor who plays trip um connor connor trinier uh plays him and the acting on him when they when they switch he he goes like like he makes this crazy sound when they when they they switch it's just like it's just so over the top and bad and not funny and i think that's the thing too is that like i think parts of it are kind of trying to be funny but without like really telling actual jokes, but other parts of it, it's just not. They're not really trying to be funny. It's just like, well, we have to subvert that they wanted to have sex, and so they won't. And I was thinking about this. We I think we talked a little bit about how there's kind of some sitcommy type stuff in the first episode of this that we watched. And I was thinking about this episode, and we were trying to figure out like what about it is bad in a different way than the other episode, the other series of Star Trek, when you know, which all all of which have bad episodes. And I think. I was thinking about it, and I think the thing of it is, is is that, like, both the episodes we watch have seemed like they are like a sitcom, but, like, purposefully without jokes. Like, if someone wanted to write something that was in the structure of a sitcom, but did forgot to put any humor in it. And it's not, because it's not even, like, oftentimes, like, they're even really trying to be funny. Like, certainly there are some times where there are, where there are bits where either successfully yeah, or Yeah, there are not. some times, but... But other times it's just like, you know, it's like you could you could turn the Archer thing into something that was like a little funnier if you wanted to. Uh, or you could make it more serious if you wanted to. But instead it's just kind of like this thing that's never really that serious, but it's also not funny. It's just kind of like, well, we have to subvert the expectations, which is kind of how the premise of how a lot of, you know, humor works yeah. is subverting expectations. But then they don't do it in like a funny way or an interesting way. And that, that's to me, I was like, this is like a sit, it's like a, it's like a bad sitcom, but like one without any humor in without it. comedy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that does make sense that, yeah, the, the sort of the, if you were to just sort of describe the storylines, it would, yeah, it would be like if you read like a bunch of episode summaries of friends or and then we're like okay now write these stories in Star Trek. Right. And and I think that's part of what made it just feel so poorly written. And that there's just, or just that like a I think and obviously there's you can we could spend this whole time just making like specific complaints about problems with this episode like scene by scene. Which you could definitely do, but I think the overall impression I got was just a lack of like creativity mm-hmm. in the and that it, it's in the in the storytelling that it was you know everything was felt predictable, and I think it's because of that because it seems like a storyline you've seen multiple times in bad sitcoms, you know that you could like if I had stopped the episode at the point where they're on the ship and all describing what they want to do and asked you what do you think is going to happen in this episode like you could probably have laid it all out fairly fairly yeah. close to what they did right 
that I'm just like, these two guys just want to have sex. And you're like, oh, well, they're going to not be able to have sex with anybody. Um, and, you know, and you may have even guessed, the, like, oh, well, they're going to, like, meet these two people that are going to try to have sex with them, and then they're going to turn out to just be, like, scamming them, and it'll be just a big con. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, this lady wants to, like, makes a whole big deal about how gross they are for wanting to have sex, and she just wants to, like, do something academic. And you're like, okay, well, she's definitely going to ha- be the one that, like, wakes up in bed with some guy at the end of the episode. Yep. And I feel like there's just no, like, there's nothing unexpected in the storytelling that makes it worth watching, I guess. Yeah. And I'll I- also say that it felt like there was a real, for some reason, the dialogue just struck me as also having no degree of, like, creativity or cleverness in the writing of it. Like, it felt like something that I could have written. There's just sort of two people, like, telling each other the information necessary to progress the scene. And it seemed like everything was just, like, what is kind of, you know, the first draft of, like, what does this character need to say? And they were like, okay, well, that'll be the line then. Where they also, like, uh, I felt like they kind of all just talk almost like people talk. Uh, We were were texting about this, too. Like, right at the very beginning of the episode... Basically, T-Pole is back on the ship, and she's talking to Archer, and Archer is worrying that she's not going to be able to, you know, that she that she won't be prepared for something, you know, that happens unexpectedly while they're gone. And uh, she she says something like, I don't anticipate anything going wrong or something like that. And then he just says, well, it's the things you don't anticipate. And then he just kind of stops, like, like, as if there was more to that sentence that he just didn't say. And it just, it just, it just, everything just kind of feels just a little bit like, you know, just like a little bit wrong. Like they're just a little bit out of tune with, with like how it's supposed to be or something. I don't know. It's yeah. I mean, I, I feel like we're kind of spiraling now just like this kind of the existential, like what is, what is Star Trek Enterprise? But I will say the only other thing that we haven't talked about that's on my notes. Well, two things. One, I think is the one, the one uh, exception to what we were just saying, which is that I think probably this one really good, solid verbal joke in the episode, which we I can't believe we forgot about because it was my favorite thing in the episode, which is uh, or, or when 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 the guy who is rock climbing when he comes back onto the ship and he says he they they figure he's having an allergic re- reaction. Basically, T. Paul says something to him about how I, be- I believe she says something to him about that he should have tried to speak up for himself more or something dur- at at the hospital on Risa, and he says, have you ever been to an alien hospital? And then she says, yes, in San Francisco, which I think is, like, <laughs> legitimately really funny, really good. That's the way solid. she delivers it is really good. Like, she, because she's kind of, like, that that thing where Vulcans are kind of being sassy, but they're not really, like, letting on that they're being sassy. Like, yeah, because they're not supposed to have a sense of humor, but they're saying something, like, that is definitely a joke. Yeah, she's like, yeah, you dummy! Like, don't be, don't be racist by calling it an alien hospital. Like that. And then I would say the other thing I was gonna say is that just more fuel to your feeling that this is just not an episode of a science fiction TV show, is that they're talking when they're when they're when Trip and Malcolm are in the bar, they talk about the drinks they're having, which are just rice and mai tais, right? (laughs) Which is, I know they talk about like you know. Klingon ale sometimes. Yeah, there's Romulan like that, ale. But, like, but what is... Does it, is it Mai Tai? Doesn't that... That's a specific, like, mixed drink, I think, right? Well, right. Or... And, and it... I, I mean, I'm wrong, but I thought I thought it, it stood for something, too, like... No, it's it's a Tahitian word for excellent. Is it? So it's like... Apparently. That's not... 
then you, that's not what you would call it then. That's a specific right. earth word. Yeah, no, it's it's like a cocktail that was apparently invented by some guy in Oakland, but he named it after the Tahitian word for good or excellent. Yeah, and that's so that you can't do that. Also, right. yeah, it's like it's rum. Yeah, and whereas ale is more of just a like that is a a way that alcohol can be made. And it's yeah, because it's like it's made with rum and liqueur and syrup and lime juice. So it, it you know is it one of those things where there they have something that's also very much like what we call a lime. A and that's lime, what they use right. to make the rice and yeah. mai tai. It just it's just so it's just so not creative, you know. Like like you know you look at like Hitchcock's Guide to the Galaxy, which is a which is a comedy book and not you know trying to be a serious sci-fi thing at all, and you're never going to see like a rice and mai tai in there. You're, you'll see a pangalactic gargle blaster or something right. like that. You know, it's origin and tonic. Yeah, right. <laughs> that, anyway, we should probably not get off on a tangent about how much we like a Checkers Guide to the Galaxy. Yes, but I did really. I do really like the bit about how every planet has something called a gin and tonic, but it's not <laughs> the same as a gin and tonic. Anyways, right. <laughs> so I don't really have a lot else. I mean, I think we've kind of ripped a new yeah. one in this episode it's not very good the, the the flock stuff is is reasonably funny it's not even really like amazing though it's just kind of like oh that's all right it's it's a it's an oasis in this episode yeah yeah it's a it's a good bit um i'll also say the and i was trying to look up the the shot the sort of exterior shots of just the planet and i don't know mm-hmm. if they were like hand painted or like stock footage of the tropics or something but i thought they were very pretty like there's a few shots of just like blue water and nice beaches and greenery that i was trying to look up if they were like if they were hand painted by somebody because i know settings a lot of times can be but but i thought they were very pretty that was very nice i was trying Mm -hmm. to come up with nice things to say about the episode i'm trying to Um, see if there's anything in the production about yeah i tried to look on the rail and didn't see anything about it in like a quick scan but yeah i don't i don't know if we have anything else um (laughs) <laughs> the only other question I was going to ask is what sort of percentage of confidence can you say that the opening song for this episode was the same as the other episode of Enterprise we watched? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I forgot that that's the song is so unmemorable that I forgot that it was there. And then its song started and I was like, oh, yeah, this and then it ended, and I do not remember how it goes. Again, I did yeah. no, no, no but when because I, I, I remembered it was there, but then when it started, I was like, "That's that can't be what it was before, was it?" Like, yeah, that's that's not the same. Yeah, did they it, just is this a different song? And I have no idea. I because I remembered nothing about it. Also, I made I don't know what this means because it's been a bit since we actually watched it. But I wrote something about how. I just made a note about the the end credits music, and I all it was was oh wow that end credits music, but I forget what it was and why it was notable to me. So I don't, I don't think I watched the end credits. It. I think I just kind of okay. uh, they come up on Hulu, and then I just immediately back out of it, especially because we had yeah. to watch two more episodes today that we yeah that, that I was watching. So US, yeah, so. maybe maybe next time I'll make more of a note about that. Yeah, I think that's about all I had to say. All right, well, thank you for sticking with us on that one, guys. I hope it was at least a fun evisceration. We come out uh, every other week, and our next episode... Well, first, if if you have anything nice to say to try to defend this episode, or if you want to bash it with us, there's plenty of ways to get in touch with us. Yes, 
you can hit us Hopefully up. Uh, Ryan has written down because I don't. Yeah, we, we you hit us up on Twitter at contracts. That's C O N T R E K S, or you can email us at outofcontracts at gmail.com. Our website is uh, outofcontracts.podbean.com. So tell your friends about us, and yeah, if you want, if you if you take issue with this, if you think we're being too hard on uh, Enterprise, definitely let us know. We'd love some feedback and interaction. But yeah, our next episode is. I'll spoil it by saying that it, that uh, I found it a joy to watch, and we're going to record it right now and you'll hear it in two weeks but this is this is uh, this is i think back a little bit more to like what i really really like about star trek so if you stuck with us for the last uh, you know i guess eight weeks of us kind of pooping on really on uh oh, yeah. well because yeah it's the enterprise it's and every the two. two ds9 episodes and then this other enterprise episode yeah. but yeah if, if you stuck with us that long uh then uh, we're going to watch uh, what, an episode that I really liked. It is the original series episode, uh, season two, episode twenty-three, "The Omega Glory." So, uh, if you want to catch up, you can you can watch that before our next episode and uh, listen to us talk about it. I think that's it. Thanks everybody for listening.